Hey guys, this is Mason Bush with Code Hunting University Podcast. Welcome to the show. Code Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHU Podcast at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coon Hunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. And GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. They make a high-quality cedar dog box at a great, affordable price. If you're in the market for a new dog box, reach out to Gavin at 615-962-5266. Hey guys, this is Mason Bush with Coon Hunt University Podcast. Today we have traveled to Junction, Illinois to the Pro Sport Truck Hunt. I've been working on this one for a while and finally got the opportunity to sit down with these three men. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it off to my co-host, Zach Nolan. Hey folks, uh, we are here today with Mr. Mojo himself, Scott Engel, Captain Randy Morgan, the man that a lot of y'all has probably watched Crunch a Bunch of Leaves on Facebook Live, Greg Maynard. Uh, so we're about to get into it. How y'all doing today, guys? Very good. Good. Well, uh, so we got we got a lot of stuff that we're planning on getting into, talking about what all y'all have accomplished in, in coon hunting. And uh, we'll start with Scott and then go on down and just kind of tell us how y'all, y'all got into this just briefly. All righty. Um, I started when I was about eight, hunting there at the local coon club, Owensville, Ohio. Uh, several English guys around there um, that that hard time line of dogs. They hunted uh, Ed Bates and Calvin Hayes and Scott Bates. Um, Greg here, he hunted there. Clay Stevens, all those guys. So I just started hunting with them when I was young, going over, you know, hanging out, watching them play cards and the more I was around the coon hunt, the more I liked it. So, um, first couple, first couple dogs were English dogs, and uh, that's pretty much how I got started. But you, you were kind of in the competition side of it from the start. Oh, I suppose it was a couple of years that I just pleasure hunted, raised okay. a pup, got it run over type of deal, and then no, probably wasn't from the start, but it didn't take long till I liked it, you know. Okay. Well, what about you? what about you, Randy? Uh, I guess I was. Probably 12 years old, I started out with every kind of dog there was. Half breeds, black tans, blue ticks, and uh, just a bunch of us kids growed up right there, like to hunt, trap. And uh, PKC started, I don't know, I guess I was probably 13, 14, I think, when it started. And uh, anyway, I enjoyed it. That's when I started competition. I went to their tour hunts where I was bad. And I hit regional, hundred twenty-five hour regional hunts in. Man, I, I you know that's got got me hooked. You know, going to them. If I get a ride somewhere as I went, I went to the first nationals and got to hunt in. I got qualified and got to hunt in it. And uh, with and, you know Tom Hawkins and all them guys, you know Hunt Lipper and and uh, hunted quite a bit with Joe House's dogs. And anyway, we uh. It's a, it a pretty tough group runner. I had the Trammel Boys and Ronnie Bone and all of us. We all just hunted together. And uh, it, it, was a good, it was a good experience. I, and I like being out at night. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, all right, Greg, what about you? 
I started, uh, I can remember dad packing me around when I was just a little fella, probably, I don't know, two or three years old. I can remember dad telling stories about, you know, packing me coon hunting and different things. So, so I've been coon hunting as long as I can remember, you know, starting out. Uh, first time I got into competition hunting, I was probably about 12 years old, somewhere around there. Uh, you know, we just, dad used to always, dad didn't hunt in a lot of hunts, but he'd take us over to Seaman. Seaman, Ohio had a, a lot of PKC hunts back in the day, a lot of good hunts, and uh, he would take us over there, and I'm just, you know, a little boy into everything, and, and uh, just loved going over there and caught the competition bug, and uh, just always loved competition hunts, you know, that's probably my start. For me, and I think for a lot of a lot of guys that do this, it's, yeah, we probably would still do it if, if there was only pleasure hunting, but the, the competition side of it adds so much more uh fun to it to me you know and and that's that's what when I, once i started competing is what really you know kept me in it i probably if there wasn't no hunts i probably would have quit somewhere along the way well that's with these guys and i know i know randy loves to pleasure hunt you know he, he read the pleasure hunts in scott the same way scott will tell you especially coon season scott loves coon season and uh pleasure hunting but uh, I'll, I'll just be honest with you if there wasn't competition hunts I'd quit tomorrow I'd quit today <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and these guys won a heck of a lot more than me but I, I'm still chasing that dream and uh, if it wasn't for that I, I, I'd probably quit right now if there wasn't competition well and it's it's good that that all three of y'all are together you know because if you got to have a good team you got to have guys that like pleasure hunting to keep these dogs ready and, and that's you know, but you got to want to go to the hunts too. So, yeah, so I'm gonna job. Bush. I'm gonna let you kind of take the take the floor on on a few, I guess. All right, Scott. Um, who'd you start hunting for first? Is it Stanley Nichols? I hunted several dogs for Stanley. A little female called Red, English female. Oh, then uh, actually the first dog I ever hunted in a coon hunt with Brian Dalmire, a dog called Drum. The English dog story, well. drawing Greg. You know. <laughs> Can I um, cut in real quick? It was here. To cut in, yeah. So. So I want every place I go, you know, I'm considered Scott's little boy. <laughs> every place I go. So I, I want to make it clear to all the public, for, for all the listeners out there, that his first handling job, he, he would call me every time he turned, talk to Stanley, you talk to Stanley, talk to Stanley. <laughs> can, can, think you can get me a job handling a dog for Stanley. Hey, Greg, what hunt are you going to this week? You care to stop and pick me up? You care to bring me along? So... so for me being called Scott's little boy, I, I take pride in getting him started. So I, got you. <laughs> I just want to clear that up. That's pretty much the truth. So you was talking about a while ago was talking about one of your first hunts. Uh, how did that go? Well, I was on the English dog there of uh, Ryan Dolomar. It's called Drum. And we'd, uh, we'd scored a cedar tree. Uh, the dogs were all three on a cedar tree. And Mike Beard and Greg was in the cast. And they said, plus it, let's go. We headed out of there and I got to looking up there and I thought, man, that's a possum. <laughs> no, plus it, let's go, they said. <laughs> I'm hollering at them and they're going away fast as they can. What'd you tell him, Greg? I told him if he didn't get back up here to the cast, he's going to be scrapped. <laughs> <laughs> we got this three dog cast, two to one. Uh, we plus it. Come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was the first. That was that. That was the the, the first uh, first cast we've ever had. So, how long did you uh, hunt for Stanley before Baylor come around? Oh, a couple years. <clears throat> yep, a couple years. On and off, a good female called we won English days with called she's mighty Molly. Um, that I still think was was a real 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 good English dog. Um, and then Stanley went on, you know, to to dominate in the English breed, you know, with like Roy and some of them. Uh, super guy and a, and a hard hunter. He was Stanley was a lot of fun. Molly, Molly was uh, the start of the Main Street dogs. Yeah, okay. that you hear the main, you know, uh, main Ace of Briggs, mm-hmm. which Stanley owned half of what was a real good black and white one he had. The main Street uh, Ace had done a lot of well, but he's he was a real good reproducer. But, but he was uh, Molly was his mommy, and she had a. I, me and Stanley actually bought Molly together, and then uh, you ended up buying the other half, my half or something, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. I sold her all to Stanley, and then Scott had bought in on her. But uh, Molly was a big, hard-going dog. She would compete today, I believe, don't you, Scott? But oh, yeah. At least I yeah, she was one of the better. Big, uh, hard-going, fast, and had coons with your tree. She was the start of the Main Street line. I heard another podcast this week talking about Main Street dogs, and they really didn't mention her. She, she was the one that started it, I promise you. She she was the the wipeout candy of the of the English dogs. We, this ain't a wipeout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, back to back to Beller. Um, I know you hunted Annie a good bit. Was that the first one you started hunting for Beller? Uh, first one would have probably been Jukebox Mog. Um, had her there for a while. Finished the youth uh, the PKC youth race out with her. I think we was like the national youth leader, what have you, that year. But I finished that year out. Went from Stanley to hunting mod. Um, How old were you at this time? Shoot, I must have been, uh, let's see, probably 16. Okay. I'm guessing, 17. So Greg's not having to tote you around by yeah, now. No, 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 I had my own wheels by then. Um, yeah, and after mod, then it went, uh, we had a blow up with Juvers there um, at the World Hunt one year, and, and he took mod and Hitler back, and that's when I started hunting uh, Bellarine. Okay, we done we done well with. What did you win with Ann? Oh goodness, uh, we won we won we won a pro hunt and won some uh, won some state hunts with her. Back then, heck, we was third in the world in two thousand and one. The year Silver Ronnie Smith wins it with Silver Dollar Stone. That was probably the biggest. I got you. You know when we was in the finals of the world out there. No, you had, you won the AKC world with Gabby. How much longer was that? From so that would have been a pretty good ways. We uh, Beller would have went to prison for for the deer stuff for a year, and uh, I took a break and went to to hunting uh, hunting for Leon at that time, and uh, so that would have been in two thousand and six. I believe I'm right. Two thousand six, two thousand eight. Anyway, he gets out of prison, calls me. Um. That calls me in August. We win the uh, AKC World. It paid like twenty seven thousand then. Oh wow! So it was a big, uh, you know, it was they was they was rolling. Uh, we win the World Hunt with Gabby. Okay. We go back to Leon. You hunted the Gunsmoke. Yep, Gunsmoke, Redhead Stranger, uh, Harley. Several several dogs for Leon there. And, uh, he done he bred Gunsmoke quite a bit. He, he done pretty good with him, did he not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, super guy. Super guy to hunt for Leon was. Still hunting uh, Cody. Children still hunts his, you know, that's his grandson. I saw him at, uh, where's this, Texas? This 
this past January. Yeah, I, I, down I drew I drew Cody at the World last year. Uh, so after kind of I guess uh, you know you had Beller and and Leon there, but then that uh, I guess next that kind of brought you and JC together. So tell us about how you and JC ended up together, and you know of course we all we all know what that became. But. I had uh, Mojo. Um, I had just uh, I'd been hunting Big D for Russell, and uh, and I told Russell I was done hunting him. You know he was. He, he had hip dysplasia and it just wasn't real healthy for him. So I told Russell, I said, Hey, I'm done. I'm done hunting that dog. I'm not going to hunt him no more. Uh, I, mean, I ain't going to put him through it. And, uh, I said, there's this dog uh, called Mojo that I've been hearing about. He's, he's about a year old, um, from a guy in North Carolina. You want to get in on half of him, you know? And, and Russell said, no, cause he, you know, he, he just hunts his own line pretty much. You know, he don't stray off very far. So, that being said, I, I told my wife, I said, hey, we're going, we need to get half this dog bought. You know, I think this thing's really good. And, uh. Let me stop you right there. Was it Robert Raxter? Robert Raxter owned the other, you know, owned them all. Okay. Jaw, jaw partner to begin with? Yep. So, uh, so I confronted, uh, you know, I confronted Robert about him, got half of him bought, and, uh, more money we wanted to give, you know, but that was just, just me. Um, and then the, from there, the story was on, you know, I mean, he just, uh, he was just a good dog, you know, good, uh, super good dog, worked out great. You guys don't, well, I would like to mention the kind of passed up, so, so when Scott was young, him and his dad bought the awesome ace dog from Chris Allen. Was that, yeah. Was that right? Yeah, that was so the first that dog before Stanley or after Before Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, yeah, that was before, so, so Scott and his dad buy that dog. And also, Ace had won state hunts. And Chris Allen had done really, really, really good with him. And uh, Scott, just being, heck, he wasn't, like he said, 16. I probably was 16 then. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I'd go up and help with Chris and then right. Sabina. Right. And he bought that dog. And, and me, you know, I'm five or six years older than Scott. But seeing a young kid buy this dog, him and his dad, and him just, that was kind of, really, that was a start. I mean, before Stanley, that was his start to, uh, Scott Engel being who Scott Engel was, that little ace dog was a good one. I just, I want to throw that in there. That one, one mentioned. Greg, I forgot about it. Well, the, yeah. Greg, that kind of that kind of brings a question to mind for me, uh, Scott. So when you first started out doing this and start, you know, started hunting for other people and everything, was was it always? Did it always seem realistic to you to to go to the top, or or is that something that kind of gradually came to you as the more stuff you want? Or was it always your your dream and your goal starting out to, you know, I'm going to go win world hunts and super stakes? And... We are proud to have Conkey's Outdoors and sponsor of CHU Podcast. Conkey's is your complete hunting and hound supply store. They carry brands like Garmin, Daltra, Dan's, and even Summit Tree Stands and much, much more. Whether you're in the market for a new thermal or a new hunting rifle, Conkey's has it all. They even offer financing options. Being a family-run business with customer service that is second to none, it's no wonder why Conkey's is the best in the business. So go check them out at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook at Conkey's Outdoors. I guess I, I guess maybe I'm not as big a dreamer as some people um, because I didn't I didn't visual, you know visualize that I didn't. Uh, 
heck, I didn't. I just like to hunt. You know, right. I didn't visualize winning a world hunt, and, and still, uh, you know, sometimes I I just think when our you know, I, I, I made the statement like when our gratitude, uh, we, we, if we keep it higher than our expectations, you know, when we go out here, you know, we'll have easier hunts and everybody will be easier to get along with. So, no, I don't ever really expect to, I never really expected to win like we have. I really, I really didn't. I'll tell you how he won. If you don't, again, if you don't mind me cutting in, he hunted harder than everybody else. When he was 14 years yeah, old, to his grandpa hauling him, to his dad hauling him, to his friends hauling him. You hold me. <laughs> me and, and he hunted harder than everyone else. He would call me. I was working, you know, a job. And he'd say, Maynard, uh, I'm going to meet you in Georgetown tonight. I said, Dad, going, Scott, I'm working 12, 13 hours a day. He said, I'm going to meet you in Georgetown tonight at 6 o'clock. He said, uh, we'll eat a pizza hut and, uh, or Russellville. And when we met, uh, what yeah. seemed to me like every night, and I would hunt till 2 or 3 in the morning and go home, and he would. He would say he'd have a pup or something else in the truck, and he would hunt all night till daylight. Scott Eagle hunted that way for years, years, ever. And, and to me, just like some of the others, winners hunt. And he, he, he hunted. That's why he won. It wasn't, hey, I'm going to go win the world hunt. He, he, he earned it. By Put the work in. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and kind of the timeline we were working on there, where did fighting side fit in all that? Fighting side would have fit in um, the year that uh, Gabby wins the, the AKC World Hunt. Okay, and you won the PKC. Y'all won the PKC World that 2006, same year. Two thousand and six. That year was a was kind of a bang up year. You know, I won the, the AKC World Hunt. Um, Joe won the. I win the Super Stakes with Clayton Echo's daddy um, in two thousand six at the PKC World Hunt. Joe wins. The the world the PKC World Hunt with with fighting side that same year all that went on in within two months you know wow this thing's pretty familiar with what's been going on here lately too yeah. <laughs> well uh, I'm kind of getting into mojo I remember uh, I think it was Todd Warner did a video with you years ago and you were talking about uh, you know at this point mojo had already made a name for himself winning at the Super Stakes and some of his pups were starting to do good. And uh, you had talked about how, you know, when Fighting Side got killed in the road, that kind of made you a little a little nervous about cutting one loose. Did, did Mojo have have a good bit left in the tank when when you put him up in the stud pen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, heck, I think our last son, he was about three and a half. Right. So, you know, when I, I get a lot of guys ask me which one's the best one. How, how do you judge it, you know, when you when you bred 100 females before the there three and yeah he had plenty left in him if i had the breading like we did and and then uh it just took off you know he took off hot and uh jc kind of told me he said boy you're gonna breed that dog or you're gonna hunt that dog but you ain't gonna be able to do both right and he said let's breed him and we'll find some pups out of him you know and and that's what we did well uh you know i guess say i'm 29 so and i started coon hunting about 12, 13 years ago, like following it and having my own dogs and stuff. And uh, I remember that's the mo- mojo winning the back to back super stakes and then the, the pups out of him. Uh, that That's when I really remember things popping off when I first, when I first got into it. Uh, and along came Mason and, uh, and J- when JC passed away. And 
then you and Randy ended up together on him, right? Yep. Yep. Back to um, back to where JC come in at. I, I was at the Youth World Hunt, and I'd come up there to judge, and uh, Juvers had asked me about buying half a mojo. And, of course, we'd already had a falling out 10 years prior to that, so there wasn't no way. But JC was just – he hadn't hunted in – how long had it been since he had a dog ran? Two or three years? He yeah, yeah I was going to say four. Yeah, three. Yeah, probably that. Maybe two. Yeah. JC had come over, and he said, hey, what what Juvers want? I said, he wanted to buy my – wanted to buy half my dog. And uh, JC told me he wanted, you know, to buy half of him. And uh, I said, well, let me talk to Robert. And uh, Robert was a great partner, you know, and I called Robert and he priced him. And, and uh, I would love to know what year that was, or if I could remember it, but I can't right off the top of my head. But I know I drove to JC's house in a little Toyota Tacoma and got a pile of money and, and uh, met Robert Raxter with it. And that's how JC come aboard. Okay. Uh, and, and your relationship with JC, I'm, it's kinda, it kind of gets cloudy for me. Uh, did was it you and JC that started the Mojo Madness, or was that once Randy came along? Nope, JC was uh, JC was still we were still in partners then. Mm-hmm. Yep, JC and I were still in partners when we started the Madness. Um, he was he was he was starting to to get a little bit sick with uh with his cancer battle, you know. Um, JC loved to coon hunt. There was nobody in America loved to to coon hunt any more than him. Like we would go to Arkansas down there to White River and. You know, he wanted to be the one ride to the tree first. He wanted to be the one shoot the gun. Like, you wouldn't have thought that out of this guy. You know, you wouldn't have just by seeing him sit at the clubhouse. But he was the guy who wanted to, he wanted to do the, the shooting. And, and he loved Kuna. He loved it. Right. And it, it shows, too, because I I never even met J.C. Ellis. But I know just from being around Coon hunting what he, what he meant to the sport and, and how much he how much he put into it. Uh, so, uh, but where did, uh, when did, about what time did Mason come along and, and was he, was he the first, one of the first ones you kept out of Mojo that you're like, this is the one, or did you have to go through several to get to him? Or? No, really him and Mason and Tap was pretty much the first two, um, Green, you know, Green. Yeah, I remember older. Green. Um, he, he was a little younger, but, uh, JC had passed away and, uh, in fact, I'm I'm pretty sure we was uh, I come down to Randy's, and Randy wanted to buy half of Mason, and uh, so I come down. I brought Mason down to your house to hunt that night, and I said, "No, I won't sell him to you until you see him go." Like I'm not, I'm not just Randy. Said, "No, I'll just take him." And I said, "No," and we uh, we hunted there a couple nights, and me and you loaded up, went to JC's funeral um, that same. That same week was sure. been the week of the breeder showcase. Yeah, yeah, so, and y'all too. I guess y'all y'all were pretty good friends before you partnered up on Mason and everything. Really, we we was, but but well, we mean, hadn't been. Uh, yeah, we never did talk. A whole you know, lot, we we hadn't we talked a whole each lot other, seen each other around. Randy used to farm a bunch of JC's ground. Yeah, um, I was always real close. I was pretty close to JC. Yeah, we, we used to always hunting together. He wasn't far from me. JC, he's a tough competitor when he hunted in the hunts too. You know, he he liked to compete. JC did. Right, and I've I've heard about all his guys pulling up in the matching trucks and the matching shirts and he uh, and uh, he loved to hunt. And he liked.
good dog, Jason. Conk was his head man. Conk was his head. <laughs> Conk, Conk kept it together. Yeah. Conk kept it together. If yeah. I could rewind to them Arkansas days, oh, I definitely would. That was all a bunch of fun right there with Conk and JC. I, lo- I love that hunt y'all have out there. That's, to me, that's, that's as good as hunting there is in the yeah. United States. It's, this year wasn't the greatest because of the weather. It was a mess, but I love hunting out there. Going back to Mason, uh, can you tell us a little bit about winning the CHKC World? Do you remember just, just the final cast hitting highlight? Do you remember? So Mason, uh, that year, that okay, the Breeder Showcase would have been in July. We, uh, I had, I had the, Mason's very first coon hunt that I had ever hunted him in was in April, Spring Classic, Bucyrus, Ohio. So this is in July. Fast forward to July, Randy buys, buys him, and uh, we win the national pup race that year with him yep national pup race yeah um then you know we know he's pretty darn good um dkc nationals was in there they would have been nationals and the the uh the chkc world would have both been in march there so we get reserve nationals i make a bad call at the end and blow it for him then we then we went a few pro hunts with him too yeah that year yep won some pro hunts with him um, and then when the uh, CHKC the the big CHKC World Hunt, yeah, yeah, the first first year. Do you remember who was in the finals? Can you you remember about how that cast went? Nikki Hale was in the final. Um, Jesse, Nikki Hunt, Ice. Yep. Um, man, I'm terrible with remembering names and, and finals. Some things I can remember well. Boy, Hunt for Tom. Um, I remember Mike Creasy judged. Yeah. And it was raining, it was cold, and we was in a lot of water. We was in the bottoms down there. Ronnie Bonin took us down there to Fulton, like Barlow Bottoms or something. Um, he was a trooper. He treated several cones and, and looked good. He, I think he dominated that cast yeah, for the he, most part, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. He looked, he looked good. What about, um, <clears throat> you said you won reserve national that same year yeah you remember who was in the final uh, ronnie bone was in the final with another female randy's um so it's me ronnie bone mike carroll and uh duke and duke Pru. and uh and i've got it one to the last very last uh very last tree there and uh mason makes an off mark or two and i get minus and and uh we lose mm. But it, but it was a good hunt. We treated some coons and dog looked good. Maybe I've, I should have treated him. Maybe I shouldn't have. I've I've heard a lot of people say. Uh, I I never got to hunt with Mason. I don't guess, but I've heard a lot of folks say if you could if you could have built a competition coon hound, he was it. He had the looks. He had the mouth. He had had coons when he treated. He was just he was just that special dog. Uh, do you think do you think he was the out of all all the mojo dogs you've had, do you think Mason was the best one, or or they all kind of got their strong points? I sure liked him. Um, yeah, I would have to say he was probably my favorite um, off of mojo. I get people asking me whether he was better or not. I I don't know how you answer that because you know. And then here he got Blasto. You know, Mason did and cut his career short at five. You know, um, he was awful good. He had a good mouth and and he looked the part. And, he was just uh he was just really good. And he looked good down here in these bottoms where we're at now. 
down here at Randy's. Yeah. There wasn't no better dog to come down here. July, December, it didn't matter. He could, uh, we spent a lot of nights down here hunting. We had a lot of good hunts with him. Yeah. He's still alive, isn't he? Yeah. He's still at, he's still at Randy's right now. Yeah. Y'all breeding him any? No. Nah. How old is he now? Uh, 14, ain't he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. I never bred him a day since uh, the day we won the world hunt with uh, Rodeo, the UKC World. I, I never bred Mason another. I, I brought him to Randy's that next week. Well, is uh, is that kind of your plan? You know, because you'll see, you'll have a dog out of your stock. You know, you have Rodeo, you had Mason, you'll have some others in there that you're pushing. And then sometimes in between, like now with Echo or with Hustler, uh, you know, you'll have a dog in there in between that's maybe not from your stock. Do you get those? Do you have different goals for those dogs than you do the Mojo dog? Not really. Um, Hustler, Hustler, you know, one of the big reasons of buying him is I liked his mama and daddy. You know, he was like double Bella breed. Yeah, yeah, I remember. But it didn't work out. You know, that we bought him to breed dark to. Okay. That was the whole reason in buying him was to breed this good dark female we had. Heck, he was sterile. <laughs> so so it didn't, uh, you know, that didn't work out. But so, so with Echo, are you planning on retiring him to the stud pen at one point, or are you just want to keep rolling in the hunts until he maybe falls off. I'll let Randy answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> I say someday we we probably raise a few raise some pups out of him, but but it's it's on down the road. Yeah. Well yeah. The, the longer you make folks wait on the more they'll want them. So Well I ain't, ain't about that. We, I mean we're we're having a big time with him, you know. I'd I'd rather I'd rather go tree coons and I had raise pups. Oh yeah. We probably will breed him. Yeah. Some, some, someday. Here. Yeah. I know Maynard thinks he's first on the list. <laughs> Nelly, Nelly's first. Uh, <laughs> Nelly, Nelly's first one. He's, he's made it pretty apparent. Nelly's going to be it. I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't ran into Echo yet because I've, I've kind of had to slow down on the hunt since uh, I finally had to grow up and get out of get out of mom and dad's house. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, I look forward to hunting with him sometime here soon in the future because uh, everybody I've talked to said he's the real deal. Are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get? That's where I encourage you to go check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes, especially if you're wanting something different. GNR Cedar Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great looking at that. They provide a high quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G- find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA. Scott, you talk about all these guys that, that you've been partners with and Randy, you were saying you know, you kind of approached Scott about mine, Mason. So once he brought y'all together, what's what's the biggest thing that keeps y'all together and working together and, and just y'all having a good relationship to be able to push these dogs? I guess we kind of see, it's kind of unusual, but we kind of see things, I think, pretty close the same way. I guess on these dogs, we kind of, it's like we don't have much differences. We, if we, we take one out, we kind of see the, see it the same way, you know, we, we, I mean, we just want to, 
we just try to you know just go out there and hunt them and let them be dogs and and uh you know and try to have a good time doing it and, and we don't try to do a lot of changing and and uh and I don't know, we just kind of, we can just kind of make it work together. You know, I don't know what, what it is. But we it's don't. good where I'm up north and, and he's he's down here in the south because let's say Center, you know, I had her at my house. Randy's got her now. But uh, Center was one of the best females uh, that I'd been around. And she's off of Mason. And when I had her there at the house, she was about 10 months old when I brought her yeah. to you. She didn't hunt good enough, you know. And I knew if, if there was anybody going to get the hunt out of her, it'd be right here you know, down here. So I brought her to Randy and it's worked truth throughout all these dogs. Uh, yeah, I'll need a break sometimes and I'll send them down here to him and he'll tune them up a little bit and I'll get them back, you know, so it's worked. It's worked good. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember drawing center. Uh, it probably was when Randy first got her, uh, at one of the pro hunts at junction and man, she put on a clinic that night. She looked really good. I drew her his final four. Arkansas truck hunter, mm-hmm. all mojo dogs. It was yep. dark. I was hunting moose. He was hunting rodeo and then center. That's center. That was a, a very different cast. <laughs> um, yeah, they, that center was one of the best ones. Uh, one of the better females I seen off of Mason. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought I thought she was top notch. Randy, you were talking about you know y'all kind of staying on the same page and looking for the same things. Does having an established stock of dogs make it easier uh, to to find that pup like you like because you pretty much you know how they how they develop and whether they're going to make it or not? Yeah, I, I guess so. We're we're kind of like the same type of dog, you know. So yeah, I, you know, I guess it does. Uh, but you know, it's uh, to find that special one. You go, you know, it. it it's a long ways in between them. I don't, yeah. Yeah, you know, it don't matter. Before we get too far, I want to roll back a little bit. To, we kind of passed him up rodeo. Uh, talk a little bit about him. How'd you get him? Well, we had, uh, we'd had Dark and Tassie, which uh, we'd done, we'd done very well with Dark. You know, won the CHKC World with her, won several invitationals, and, and then she, she died there at the World Hunt after we won the CHKC World Hunt. One of the most dominant performances ever put on in a coon hunt. I, I I believe that. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a very. Uh, she was just that kind of dog though, and she was only about three. So we we took a big hit there. That yeah, was, I mean that, that really sucked. Sad, yeah. You know, win the world hunt on Saturday and and uh, going up there and getting your dog's ashes at Ohio State on the following Sunday. You know, um, yeah, that was a that was a bad lick, but uh, it happens, I guess. So we was looking for one. And we knew about Rodeo, like he'd been passed around some through two or three guys. And uh, John Robertson had called me and uh, Chad Blackwell and said they were going to sell him. And I remembered in the back of my mind that Randy Stebbins had told me that was a pretty good dog. I need to look at him, you know. I, I just remembered that. So they priced him. We bought him. I'll never forget the uh, very first time we brought him down here. <clears throat> Brought him down right here. Randy got him. He said, I ain't going to turn him loose till you get here. Because he never turns him loose till I get there normally the first time. <laughs> I ain't going to turn him loose till you get here. The first night we hunted rodeo, I believe we shot 12 singles out to him. Yeah. It was like, I told Randy, I said, hey, if this thing can do this, we're going to be all right with this guy. You know, I mean, it was it was absolutely about as, you know, you don't buy a dog and it ever look any good. You know, normally you're thinking, crap, 
I've been guided. Yeah, I've been, yeah. <laughs> that, that dude treated about 12 singles. So you know instantly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I had told him, I said, hey, we'll win with this thing. Like, you know, he just uh, he just made it look pretty easy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of unusual. Yeah, it was kind of unusual. <laughs> like, what the yeah. heck, you know? But I think he'd been laid up. Um, Chad had kind of been sick, and uh, they'd laid the dog up, and John hadn't hunted him a whole bunch. I think it's John down and around you. Yeah, yeah. John. John's on further south than me, but Chad, uh, Chad, where I live now, he's fifteen minutes away. Okay, uh, where I used to live, he was maybe thirty. But and it, that was strange because you didn't see that you didn't see rodeo at, at a whole lot of hunts when they had him. You know, I think they took him to the super stakes, but it's, they won every early round at the super stakes. Yeah, but and I kind of followed the dog, and then I remember one night I was standing out there at the motel, and he's like, "Hey, I can't win a lay round. This dog's sick." And, they're not sick, but, you know, just ain't eating good, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I mean, I kept track of the dog all through that. And I knew John. I didn't really know Chad, but I don't really know John either, but I knew he was a coon hunter and he knew what was going on, you know. I grew up in, in northwest Alabama, probably 20 miles from where John lives. And, you know, honey hunts. I don't know if he did a long time ago, but Big John's as good as puppy trainers there is in that part of the country. He's, he's got one now that that uh real nice and then and he kind of likes to do that it seems like you know get a young dog and get it going kind of wheel and deal and trade dogs and sell them and mm-hmm. uh, super guys though both those guys was just was just super guys <clears throat> super guys to deal with the dog was exactly what they said um it was uh that's where that's where rodeo got his start at i, I, I knew pretty quick he was he was pretty good you know did you get in two finals as ever stay um we we got second one year and third one year. We never did win a Super Stakes with him. Yeah. Now, the third year we thought we would, or no, it was, his, it was his last. Okay, the third year we thought we would win with him, but yeah. we wind up getting. Yep, we never. Uh, second or it, third. It would have been, I think we got him. It was about this time of the year. Yeah. It was summertime when we were down here in the It was about this time, yeah. And uh, we went to winning with him right quick, really. First time we put him in was uh, UC. Uh, was that in Junction one at sixty five hundred Junction? Yep, probably. I've been September. We probably got him in August. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and shit, that dog—he was a player. Yeah, um, that I think you got him in when you bought him there. You got him in two. You only hunted him two nights. You got him in both nights. You hunted a different dog the third. Hunted Moon. Yeah, Hunted Moon. Yeah, Randy got yep. Yeah, that's but but yeah, that was the first time. I know you got him in twice there. You know, but but would, would that have been. 2018 or 19, y'all got him. No, y'all won the pro race. Was it 2019? 18. Then that would have been 18 when we got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah we started the the following year there. We started off pretty hot in the pro race, you know, with him. Um, we might have won the first one or two there. Maybe the mm. first two we went with him. And so. then, you know, he got diagnosed with, you know, that he had a weed seed in between his lungs and, and uh, we had to lay him up for like six months that year. You know, they did total chest thoracic surgery, you know, opened him up. And uh, I remember that. I remember Big, Big John talking about it. They, they thought it was something else to begin with. Maybe they think it was blasto or something. We had, we, we had no different dark. Like, we had every test. Ohio State was doing every test they could. When I come home from the, the, the South Carolina pro hunt, I knew something was wrong with that dog. He won the pro hunt, and he just, man, it took him a week to get his – wind back up you know and i knew something was wrong and that's when we carried him to ohio state 
And uh, they finally had done some kind of CT and found that there was this big mass between his lungs. So they cut that out. It was a big ordeal. Like, hey, I'd done been to this place and it didn't work with dark, you know. So you can imagine what I'm thinking with this next one that we set off on, you know. Sure. Um, but they, I'm going to say it was a, pretty much he lived in the house for six months with a with a funnel on his head, you know. Yeah, he had to keep him in a in a cage because he, he wasn't, the way they wired him up, you know, it wasn't like you could put him in a dog pen or anything. Mm-hmm. So he kept him he in, a, live. in a little old crate where he couldn't move, just basically feeding, watering, walking, you know, to use the bathroom. Five minutes, no, he was allowed yeah. out at and, a time. And right back to that cage, and it was, if I remember right, it was, you know, he had to be done that way, or, you know, if he pulled something, he was going to die, you know. It, it was touch and go there for <laughs> even John, and I could be wrong, but John, and this was kind of before the dog started selling for that great big money, uh, but John had offered you a, a pretty much war pension for him when he was just getting, that's when John started back. Yeah, John he, Strickland he, offered, he offered you know, with him I, wired up like that, taking mm-hmm. a chance on him, you know, who, who knows? No, he hadn't had the surgery yet. He hadn't had the surgery yet. Okay. We, uh, I told him that, you know, there was something wrong. Uh, I want to get him checked out, you know. Were you worried that he wouldn't ever be the same dog? Well, they, they pretty much told me he would. I mean, they pretty much said he, he will not, you know, he will not recover 100%. You know, this dog probably will not be able to be used for coon hunting again, you know, just because of the damage. You know, in the lungs, they didn't know what all had occurred, you know. But, uh, yeah, they pretty much had said no. But it didn't take, you know, once we got him back on his feet, and we took our time. Yeah. It was about three months of, yeah. of, of you know, the dressing the wounds and all that stuff. And then it was another three months of, of uh, rehab. therapy, rehab, you know, basically uh, just getting him back, back rolling. Um, but when he come back rolling... Um, I think the first hunt, Greg and I both went to, to Michigan. Yeah. And uh, I get second and he gets third with dark, you know. So it was just like we're ready to, he was ready to rumble again, you know. So this was in 2019, right? The year yeah. you ran for the pro race? What year did you win the UKC World? 2020. 2020. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it was 19. Yeah. His first night back, talking about coming back, he called me up and he said, uh, hey, I'm going to take rodeo tonight, first night pleasure hunting. Me and you and Liming went over in the old man's bottoms. You want to take him someplace yep. close. And, uh, man, he, he just, just like he hadn't missed a beat. Mm-hmm. I got a video on my phone of his first tree back after, after you know, getting healed up and stuff. Yeah, but that was a huge sigh of relief. Yeah. Yeah, he still, uh, he still don't handle the heat as well. Like he, it began to, you know, I, I think it, it took some of the wind from him, but long as it was cool out. That joker was good to go. You're talking about that. I know the moose dog that I've hunted, he, he has problems with heat. But it seems like – I heard you say something about rodeo before. It's like after that first rock, it's like a radiator. Once it gets the gets flowing, rolling. it's like that second tree is a whole different – like they're a whole Lots different easier. dog. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't understand it yeah, at all. Yeah, moose the same way. He'd get awfully hot. Yeah. Uh-huh. A, lot of, a lot of the mojo dogs I've hunted with were just such hard tree dogs that – a dog would heat up because they just they're really in is that is there pretty pretty good consistency between all these all these dogs that you've kept in one with or are they all pretty well the same style of dog like mojo mason rodeo or are they all kind of different well i think mason was kind of an outcast uh maybe an outlier where he uh you know he was a bigger wider hunter maybe 
needed more of a track. But then the older he got there, you know, he didn't, he could treat some of them coons that didn't need tracks, you know, where rodeo is a good mix between Mason and Mojo. Mojo could just treat one any kind, anytime. He didn't have to be far. He could, he could be out there a hundred yards and find one, you know, where Mason would normally be way off in there when he found his. So Mason was a different style. Um, but all to their own, you know, green, Matt Merchant raised some very good pups, uh, over there at a mojo that was really good, uh, with, with, with fit that wins a truck and, and frisky and, and, uh, Mr. Green, you know, those are all off of Matt's females. You're talking about fit. She's still alive on, on Drake's couch, right? Is now. that right? She, she's 14 or 15 years old. Still alive. Yeah. Did they ever get her bred? Yeah. They, I think they, they well, they bred her to home, back mm-hmm. Homer one time and, and I don't think any of the pups really, really did much. I don't know. If they just didn't get in the right hands or what, I know Drake had one and and it just it just didn't do much. But I can remember when Fit was she was a baby in the finals of the UKC World Hunt. She, mm. she was she was a year old. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, that same year was uh, maybe Alvis in there with one called Annie was off of Mojo. I was mm-hmm. going, but mm-hmm. yeah, they all I guess they all differ in ways, but uh, I think this uh, rodeo is more. His pups have seemed to be more oriented towards mojo pups to me. Um, you know, wilder, gamier, with, with still a lot of tree in them, where Masons didn't have quite as much tree in them. Midwestern Laser Works is a small business dedicated to providing top-tier laser engraving services to their valued customers with quality and satisfaction as their top priority. If you're in need of any custom laser engraved services, please do not hesitate to contact Midwestern Laser Works today. There's no order too large, no order too small. Everything from tumblers to business cards. You can find out more on Facebook. Find them at Midwest Laser Works. Contact owner Bryce Matthews for more information. There's a link in the description box below. Take me through the, uh, you went in the UKC world in 2020. You know, I'm not, I, I have nothing against UKC. I think they do a great job and, and I don't go to many though, and it, it's no more for the reason I just ain't got time. You know, I mean, it ain't, I'd love to be able to go to one all the time, but I hadn't even got uh, rodeo qualified. The last qualifier of the year was at Medina, Ohio, probably five hours north of me. So it ain't like me to get in my truck, leave my family, and drive five hours north to go to a UKC hunt. But I did. And I'll never forget it because when I pulled in up there, as I'm parking. Um, I look to my left and Timmy Waters is pulling in. He lives about 15 minutes from me. <laughs> He's pulling in too. So we basically followed each other five hours to this hunt, you know, and, uh, it's the last, it's probably end of August. I'm saying we, uh, this is the very last qualifier of the year anywhere. Go up there and, and get rodeo qualified. David Rice was in the cast. I don't know. We treat six or seven coons. Had a good hunt and, and uh, got him qualified there. Go to the zones in Michigan. Um, get through both of the zones. So that puts us to the top 100. Uh, Greg and I go to the... We go to the top 100. Did you have a dog? No, I just... You called me up. Said, uh, we're going to win the world hunt this weekend. I said, you're crazy. He said, no, we're going to win. He said, come on, get in the truck and go with it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I had a, I, I had told my wife, I said, I think we're going to this hunt you know this dog's looking right and uh and that dog was pretty bulletproof when he was looking right and uh i, I don't normally 
say things like that, but I felt like we was, you know. I mean, I felt like it was a, it was his time, you know. There, there's times that you know that you have that that much confidence in a dog when they're really rolling. You go yeah. to hunt, and you you know before you go, you're you're gonna win. But uh, with UKC, that's one thing that I've noticed with y'all. Uh, you said you didn't go to just a ton of them, but you go to a lot more. Y'all go to a lot more of them than a lot of the the hardcore PKC guys go to. And how important has it been for you know for you to get a little bit of just enough promo in UKC to where a lot of those guys that strictly hunt UKC will come come breed to your stud dogs and and hunt pups out of your stuff. Well, I, I think UKC is great. Like this this new deal they've got going this TOC this thing is. This thing is very big, you know. It's uh, it's top notch, and and Alan and uh, Gingrich and, and and the crew up there, Trevor. I mean, those guys do a heck of a job. Um, I think it's it's very important because there's a lot of them hunters too. I wish I got to go to more. I wish I had time to go to more. Um, we go to the Winter Classic normally, Randy, and I'll go down there. We got a good spot to hunt, but heck, the last couple of years it's been full of water, so we ain't got to we ain't got to hunt in it. Um, but they're good guys. They're good people there too. I mean that. I I, I think the people, the people at the the UKC hunts are very deserving and uh, and and I just we I, I enjoy going to all of them. Right, right. And uh, talking about the the TOC that the production they they have done for that has been. I mean, it's like ESPN for Coon. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, outstanding. Uh, yeah, they they uh, out a lot of. I think Alan Gingrich does a, an outstanding job putting on a hunt. It's like when when Scott won World Hunt, I was up there with him, and when he talks, you know, he, he's got full attention of the room. I, I love the way he puts on the hunt. I, I Honestly, I try to mirror what he does with his hunts and, and try to bring it to our hunts to, uh, to put it on like he does. He just he does a great job, you know. And that's, uh, you, you know, they, they do an outstanding job Scott, I mean, you talked on the phone one day last week for quite a bit. Um, you was telling, telling me about some of your rodeo pubs. Uh, most of them's about too young to really start seeing on the bigger level. You told me Ava and Dude, you, ha- you got a couple of young yep. ones coming along. Tell me tell me about what he's doing, what he's throwing, and about some of them young dogs, how they're doing. So uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased with uh, – with what rodeo has been producing, you know, they've, uh, they're a better blend of, uh, probably the mojo and the Mason, you know, it seems to me like they're, they got a little shot of both of them in there. Um, I think they're, they're undoubtedly the, the quickest starting ones that I've, I've been around, um, wild and gamey, but yet still, you know, got a lot of tree sense and, uh, oh, they just seem to be very good. I mean, they're, they're, they're the kind that I'm looking for anyhow. Um, we got one called Dude that we like real well. Off of he's a, he's off of Nelly, the Nelly female of Maynard's. Um, Ava, Randy's been hunting her. She's off Adele of and Rodeo. They've been several. That's now well, they're beginning to win. I'm gonna say the majority of them is probably one year old falls this year. Mm-hmm. You know the the start of them. Yeah, a friend of ours, Adam McGuire. Uh, he, he's got one he calls Mojo on Dope that's actually a litter mate to Ava out of Scott and Randy's uh, Adele female. She she got in up at Mount Orb last week, like $7,900 split or something like that. So 
it, she won quite a couple weeks ago, too. She, somewhere she won else. in a pro sport hunt we had. She got in the finals that they hunted off. She ended up fourth, but uh, again, playing with the, the highest of level dogs you can play with, and she's competing right there with them. So, somebody, first round, she scored like 650 or something. Something to say, somebody told me she she looked as good as any, any old yeah. dog they've ever seen that early round. Yeah. T- touch it on that a little bit more. And, and uh, this impresses me and probably will impress some of the other people that. Uh, follows dogs and, and, and knows dogs and, and all that. But Scott, before rodeo was ever bred to a female, tells me he's going to reproduce, you know. And, uh, you know, he's not been bred to one female yet, you know. Scott says he's going to reproduce, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, how do you know if he's going to reproduce or not? You know what I mean? But but Scott has an instinct knowing dogs, you know what I mean, of, of – if it's going to reproduce or not. He said he, he felt, he didn't know, but, but he felt that he would he would make his mark like Mojo did in, in the Walker breed. And that was before Rodeo was ever bred to a, a female yet. And, and like you started off with, with this, you know, his pups are pretty young, you know, probably too young to even be in the hunch yet. But I believe this fall, so, you know, Super Stakes this fall, you're going to see several there, and for years to come, you're going to see pups out of him. That's, uh, that's, you know, he's going to throw very nice dogs. But Scott knew that before he was ever bred to the first female. He just had that instinct about him. And Scott being a dog man, you know what I mean? It's pretty, to me, it's pretty impressive for someone to call that out. Like him knowing, hey, I'm going to, let's go win the world. Huh? Right. He went and won the world. Huh? So. I got one. He's off that Lily female I got from you. Yeah. Um, he's only ten or eleven months old right now, and I ain't been around him much. A buddy of mine's been messing with him, but you talking about a monster of a mouth. He's he'll, he'll probably make a good dog. But uh, Scott, they just seemed like they was gonna they was gonna fire early. Rodeo is a fireball, you know. So I assumed that the pups were anything like him. You know, they were gonna be good. And uh, we were speaking to Dope and, and Ava. Uh, they was out of Adele, and Adele was out of a Keegan female in the whole nine yards. And I did want to hit on the, the nine dog that Al Nunneman hunted. Like, that was, uh, that was a very special unit right there. Absolutely. Love Mojo. Um, he had a couple He had a couple good brothers, Ace and American Ace and uh, Mojo's Cadillac style that were pretty good. And then he had a sister that might have won the Nationals in a truck called Clone. <laughs> But but nine was uh was the head of the class. That that thing was good. I got a buddy in North Alabama that's got a litter mate to them. I don't know if he's ever been in a hunt. A guy in North Carolina had him and just gave him to a buddy of mine and litter mate to him. He's he's still alive. They're they're probably ten or eleven years old now. If, if yep, not, I'd say ten. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's he's a nice dog. I said he's, he's that must be ace. Ones. It may be. Because I think there was only three males. Yeah, three American males. Ace. Motors yeah, American Ace. American Ace. I don't, I don't know his males. name, but he's. Yep. That. That that bunch there, that was a very good cross with Clone uh, back on back on Mojo. And uh, talking about nine, that one of the cats that I've seen, probably the best dog work I've ever seen on, uh, it was at the Crowville, Louisiana Pro Hunt. I had drawn nine with Al hunting him, and it was Scott Faulkner hunting that squeak and squall dog they had. Eddie Simmons hunting Wipeout Andy. I want to say nine treat three. My dog treat two, Scott's treat two, and Eddie's treat one, and we never caught two dogs together. But me and nine were tied, and I had him beat on strike points. And uh, he was treated again at the end of the hunt, and I'm leash locked. 
we're we're going into him. We're walking into this tree, and it's it's a little sapling, probably maybe seven seven eight foot tall. I'm like, I got him. You know, he's he's about to get mine. And a little cone, no bigger than the size of your fist, sitting up in the top of that tree. And he was, yeah, he he could just he could just fly around and have them cones. He was he was a special dog. I really liked him. Nine was a nine was a one of a kind. He he was one that stands out in my mind. I had the option kind of of keeping nine or style or ace. I had all three of them at the same time, and uh, I picked style because he was the closest thing to Mason. He was a better looking dog. He had a better mouth. He had a bigger motor, but he didn't have the intelligence that that nine had, you know, or just that coon tree and uh, ability, you know, that mojo coon tree and ability uh, that nine had. You know, he was just a, he was a witty dog. I remember when I really knew he was great was when we went to Arkansas that year with my brother-in-law and, oh, yeah. and uh, Joe. And I think nine tree, nine or ten coons one night. You know, and the rest of them, they, they look good, too. They treat four or five, but, uh, you know, nine kind of half-tracked the field. But he, uh, he just seemed like he had a sixth sense to to get to where he could find a cone. That was know. a great cross. That that uh, Maybe that's where the, the Wipeout video come from when I knew the Wipeout. <laughs> <laughs> bred clone. What was his name uh, that bred that female, uh, that owned clone, uh, Willie Thrift. Willie Thrift, yeah. yeah. When Willie bred the mojo, that was a that was an absolute great cross. And without without having them guys breeding those kind of females, you know, it's hard to it's hard to make good you know good young dogs too. So I, I got to thank all them breeders out there and, and uh, the guys bringing them good chips too. And not taking anything away from Mojo or Mason, but it seemed like everything they put clone on was just phenomenal. They might have had a Bentley or two cross that didn't that didn't that didn't drive as fast. Yeah, <laughs> they might have had a couple of them wipeouters that didn't drive quite as fast. Now. I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook, give us a like at Coon Hunting You. Also, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.